the home of Philadelphia Eagles football. WENJ, WENJ HD, Millville Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. As we fire things up on a Wednesday edition of the Sports Bash live on 97.3 ESPN, Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. It's kind of uh, one of those days where for the first time in a while, Broads, we haven't got like any movement from any of the leagues, it seems like, I thought. And then late in the day here, we just saw that the NBA has a little bit of news possibly about a... um, the possibility of playing games in Houston. So we'll have Keith Smith later on tonight to talk a little bit about that. We've got, obviously, more NFL stuff to dive into today. Jeff Mosher, football at four. We'll look at his 53-man roster. Did you watch the um, after the last dance last night? Did you see any of that? I did not. Did you? No. I was hoping you did. No. (laughs) Nope. I'm actually in the middle of watching LeBron James right now battle it out with the OKC Thunder. I got all the NBA replays on some illegal website, and I'm just watching Miami Heat in its prime to enjoy LeBron. See, I can't do, like, all these. Like, you're going back and watching all the Seinfelds. Like, I can't. I mean, if I've already – actually, I take that back because last night I started Homeland. All right? I'm in. I'm in now. I've been told by multiple people, Homeland – and I'm in. So, but I can't go back and watch like well, you're watching like an old series. Yeah, but see, I don't remember play by play what happened. Obviously, I know who wins and how many games. But you know, I want to appreciate LeBron in its prime. It's not like I'm standing two feet in front of the TV dissecting each pick and roll and the schemes. It's just <laughs> kind of background noise, and I'm just kind of enjoying it. it no, it's, I give you credit. Like I wish I could sit there and kind of like dive into an old like uh, series or something like that. I, I just can't do it. Like the other day, I was watching. They had the Lakers Celtics game on, like games whatever well, I guess it was game seven in like uh the year that the, the Celtics pummeled the Lakers um to win that champion it was at 11 or something like that with uh Garnett and all those guys and I had it on like his background noise but like I, I couldn't sit there and say like I'm gonna get into this six you know this seven game series and rewatch the whole thing again like I, I can't do that Gil I literally watched the entire Eagle season last year I rewatched it already the whole thing how how did you yeah, watch but it the, so NFL.com, the NFL, uh, not it's similar to the NHL center ice package. What do they call it for football? The full replay? Wh- whatever. They give you all the games for free without any commercial. So every night when I'm laying in bed or whatever, I'll rock the first game. Week one, Redskins. Then the <laughs> next night, here we go, Falcons. Here we go, Lions. And then I'm just watching. Do you find yourself like being critical of the plays still again the second time around? <laughs> How could Doug do that? Doug, don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. And he ends up doing it, you know? <laughs> uh, I got a couple things that I want to dive into today. We got uh, Ask Mike and Bros at 4.30 today. We got the headlines uh, later on in the show. Jason Fitz, you know, Fitz is uh, back with us after a two-week hiatus. He took a little bit of break, and uh, he'll be back talking about his. Yesterday, we did the sports documentaries that we want to see made. 
Uh, he has his own that he's going to share with us today. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about everything that's going on because there is a whole bunch going on. And then, of course, uh, the MGPT Top 5 at 5. It's the five best games we've ever attended as a fan. I think somebody asked that question during Ask Mike and Broads the other night, and I said, not as a fan. They said the best game that you've ever attended. Now, that wasn't as a fan, and I said the best game. What was the question again the guy asked? Yeah, it was very similar to that. It was the best event you've ever been to, the best sporting event you've ever been to. Okay, best sporting event you've ever been to, and I think my answer, I said, was Roy Halladay throwing a no-hitter in the playoffs, right? I wasn't there as a fan, though. Right. Well, that's the thing. So I don't have games that pop off as if, wow, I was at the game when they won the Super Bowl or I was at the game when they won the World Series. So I have a tweak to mine, but I think it's a good tweak. It's it's sort of a personal tie on why these games are so important to me. So it might not be the best game ever created in the history of sports. Oh, mine are definitely not going to be. Because most of the games, bros, that I covered that were the biggest ones I covered. I was working, so I I don't have these great fan moments, right? I mean, correct. I I don't have them either, and I've been to a lot of games, but, you know, uh, a regular season game 27, Flyers versus Islanders. I mean, what do you want me to do? Pretend like like that was some big moment? This wasn't on my list of five, but I was at the night when Frank Thomas hit his 400th homer. I didn't know I was at the game at the time. Like, I didn't know he was going to, like, I didn't know he was at 399 when it happened. So when he did it and they put up on the board like, hey, Frank Thomas has just hit his 400th homer, I was like, eh, that's kind of cool. I'm at the game. So, But that, that doesn't hold, like, huge impact on your life. Exactly. I'm not a White Sox fan. He was playing for the White Sox at, a, at the time. So, like, I didn't, like, you know, I wasn't, like, all geeked up by it. But, you know, as a fan, I feel like because of this job, I have not been at the games as a fan as much to kind of be like, oh, I was at that game. That was really cool. Like when the Phillies went to the World Series in 2008, either eight or nine, I forget which one, when did they beat the Dodgers in Philly? The one year they beat them in L.A., then the next year they beat them in Philly. I think 09 they beat them in Philly, and then they went on to play the the, the Yankees. The 09 one, I was at the game – but I was covering it as media, but you're standing. I was like right on the field. And when they won, I'm on the field afterwards. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, pretty neat. Like to be on the field and kind of going through all this, but I I wasn't there as a fan. So you can't cheer. You're not like, you know, feeling it. So those type of moments are off your list or is that something that's on your list? Off my list. No, we did an MGPT top five at five about three weeks ago, five best games we've ever covered. Ah, I missed that one. Yes, you were not uh, a part of us yet or a part of this show. You were with the station, but you had not been a part of this show yet. And we did that one, and that event made my top five events that I had ever covered. I'm like, you know, I'm at this uh, game where the Phillies are going to the World Series 2009. They're playing the Yankees. It was awesome. I'm sure it was. I'm really sure it was. But when we get into it, I'll explain kind of how I attack my list because it's different. Like you said, I don't really have games that pop that much as a fan because, honestly, I haven't really been to any that was that huge of a sports moment where I walked out of there thinking, damn, that was awesome. I don't have those moments. Right. Well, you guys can text him because this is where the fans can trump. uh, This is where, like, the listeners can trump us. They have probably been to games as fans that are bigger than we have been as fans. Like, our Correct. list is probably going to be like, bum, bum, ba-dum. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I mean, no I, doubt. 
as a fan, like, remember, I've been doing this since, man, 2005, I guess, is when I got into sports talk radio. I did music radio before this for a couple of years. But, I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years now. So you got 15 years worth of games that I went to, the bigger games, usually as a media member. That definitely takes away from it. I'm learning that now, you know? It's like, it's hard for me, even when I'm at home watching these games. I used to be at the point where, you know, oh, the Sixers are on. Like, I'm so excited. And and don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching the 76ers, but it does change the perspective when you watch these games, when you you have a different view on it. Uh, And it's funny, the people who are younger and they get into this this genre – it's like you don't want to beat them down, but you're like, you're going to start watching these games a little different. You'll see what I mean. And then it's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like all of a sudden you kind of start watching the game with a little difference. And now like you could kind of tell, you know, when you ask me a question like, you know, would you rather the Giants win or this? And I'm like, I kind of lost that like that. The, like I, we debated yesterday about the Cowboys and the Giants. And I would still say the Giants should be. But quite frankly, I don't care. Like the Cowboys, we, I never got into like this team's. I hate more than that team. I don't feel any differently about any team. I really don't. Like I don't care about the Cowboys any more than I do the Browns. Yeah, that's a little weird to me. I don't know if I'd ever lose that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in 30 years I'm sitting in that chair talking to a 25-year-old kid who's now the the future Hunter Brody, and I think, ah, you know, one day Gil told me this, and I didn't <laughs> think it would actually happen, and then the tables turn. That's after, by the way, I use my stair lift to go from upstairs to downstairs and then to get to the station. That's right. Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN. So I was uh, doing some research for today's show, And I found a couple of things that really kind of stood out to me. Number one, I want to start with this today. Carson Wentz, how would you describe him as a deep ball passer? I think that there's this thought that he is a really good deep throw passer. And and I would say that's where he loses a lot of his accuracy. I, I think maybe that has to be... Maybe you need to factor in the wide receivers he was playing with last year. Because someone like Deshaun Jackson is so fast, honestly, as a quarterback, throw it up, right? I mean, just throw it up, and someone like Deshaun Jackson will track that football. They will find that football. But I don't know if he's that accurate when it comes to the deep bomb. What would you say? Well, I would say that I don't know that that's his strongest suit. I think he has the arm to air it out. But apparently, according to Pro Football Focus, we're all wrong. Well, see, I don't want to be that guy. But I never, ever, ever agree with what Pro Football Focus says. I feel everything they say, I assume the complete opposite. I think they they watch more film than you do, though. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I disagree. No, no, no. No, it's it's the way that, and I. this is how I kind of look at it. It's the way they crunch their numbers. So everything they do is obviously analytics. How they come up with their answers is they take a bunch of numbers, and then they spit them out, and then they roll with it. But I, I feel I'm not the only person with this opinion. I know plenty of people that look at pro football focus, and they sort of laugh at what they have to say, as if the way that they use their numbers, whatever equation they are using, it's a little funky. Well, I don't know what they use, but uh, according to Pro Football Focus, they ranked all 32 quarterbacks when throwing passes at least 20 yards down the field. 
That's what they considered to be throwing the ball downfield, 20 or more yards down the field. Where would you think Wentz of the 32 fell on that list? Top five, top 10, top 15, top 20, or bottom 20? Now that I have some information with you saying that I'm wrong, I'm going to say top 10, I didn't but say I'll you say were wrong. I said that they watched more film than you did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, I correlated that with me being wrong. I'll say top 10 based off of you making that statement, but if you ask me before we, we discussed it, I probably would have said top 15. All right, top 15 is where you would have said, but you think he's actually top 10. Based off of how you said they watch more film than me. Well, I wasn't talking about this particular topic. I would, You just said, they're always, you don't ever agree with them. They're always wrong. I never agree with them. And I just said, I think they watch more film with you, so they're probably more accurate than maybe you might be. Well, let me say this. I don't think they're watching the entire Eagles season at night like I do, all right? No, they're but, not rolling through those games like I do. That is true, but the first time the game was on, they probably rewatched it nine times during that <laughs> week when they were doing a breakdown of the game. Now, I mean, uh, take pro football focus for what it is. They do a lot of analytical stuff, but when things like this, I, I guess the breakdown came down to essentially, like, number one, Russell Wilson. He had a 119.2 passer rating when he threw the ball 20 or more yards. Down the field, his completion percentage was 42% on those passes. He averaged 13.9 yards per attempt for the season uh, in, in, in this uh, category. So Russell Wilson's number one. Deshaun Watson, number two. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> See, this is why I laugh, but go ahead. Number three. Number four, Dak Prescott. All right. Number five was Ben Roethlisberger, but they took his numbers from his last healthy season of 2018. That was another factor. They didn't want to rank the backups if the backup played more, so they went to the starters' most recent year because they wanted to have a better, more um, true list. Number six, Kyler Murray. That should only be better with uh, Deshaun. You know, when I see that, when I saw Kyler Murray, I said, man, you give him Hopkins, and they're already saying that this is one of the things he does best. This kid's going to might be special. Go ahead. Who's number seven? I'm waiting for Carson's name. Matt Ryan, number seven. Jimmy Garoppolo, numero ocho. Patrick Mahomes, number nine. And number 10, Carson Wentz. They have him as the 10th best deep thrower in the league. His completion percentage is 35%. He averages 10.7 yards per attempt, and his passer rating is 79.4 in those passes. Now, when I saw 10, I got to be honest, I was pretty stunned considering, as it says here, he was tossing passes to a former college quarterback and AAF star with Greg Ward. He had Deshaun Jackson for three appearances the entire year. And in those three games, Jackson averaged 17.7 yards per catch. He had nine catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns. And I would say just about all of them came in that Washington game. Do you think 20 yards is too short to qualify as down the field? 
It's a fair question. I thought about that too, like a 20-yard pass. Like I was winging 20-yarders in my backyard the other day to where my neighbor said, dude, you got to stop chucking the ball. Your arm's going to start bothering you. I said, that's all I know how to do, man. I, I, I'm not I, buying that at all. I you had too long. many drinks. I go long. No, this was Sunday. I had no drinks on Sunday. This is on a Sunday. I can air it out, man. He said, dude, more underneath stuff. I said, no, nah, man, come on. Let's go. Let's go deep. And by the way, my arm didn't feel all that bad the next day. But <laughs> 20 yards down the field, most quarterbacks are averaging under 10 yards per attempt. So to throw the ball at a 20-yard clip, the way you're saying it I think is right. But I think when you think about it the way that most passes, the average yards per pass, it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, 20 yards. Yeah, it would be interesting if you could break it up even more and see how many of those were in the 20 yards and how many of those were more of the 30, 40 yards. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I I look at Gardner Minshew being on that list, and that's why sometimes I think it's a little funky with what pro football focus uh, yeah, but does. He's the one guy on, that, on the list that's a little bit of an outlier, and it says Minshew has one of the weaker arms in the league, so this is proof that exceptional deep passing is not about arm strength, but rather accuracy, timing, and anticipation. Minshew led the NFL in passer rating on deep targets a season ago and one of, and was one of the league's best in terms of accuracy. He didn't have a single turnover-worthy play on 49 deep shots as a rookie. That's impressive. It's definitely impressive. Well, we both sit here and say it's so weird to think about Carson Wentz being a top 10 quarterback where I think that might be one of his worst things of his game. Well, and this is what I took from it, okay? I was highly, like I said, I was pretty shocked to see that he finished 10th. That's ahead of Aaron Rodgers. It's ahead of Tom Brady. It's ahead of Kirk Cousins. It's ahead of uh, Matthew Stafford. It's ahead of Drew Brees. It's ahead of Phillip Rivers. I mean, these are some pretty good quarterbacks that he was ahead of on the list. Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson was the MVP of the league. I mean, obviously not for his passing acumen, but Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, um, he was 10th. I was highly encouraged by that. You're telling me that he's one of the best deep ball passers in the league, and he had no deep threat, none. He had no deep threat. Then how the heck was he considered one of the best deep threats in the league when he when he didn't have one to throw to? That was an encouraging thing to me is, man, you give this guy to Sean Jackson, Jalen Rieger, John Hightower, maybe those numbers all accentuate, and he falls into that top. Like, when I, I go back to... The first game against Washington, if that's their offense last year, they're probably 12-4. and four. Okay, I think what we should do is dig a little bit deeper and look into maybe a category we think he is really good at and then see where he falls on that pro football focus list. What if we think, you know, his best suit is this and he ends up ranking 25th in the league in that category? What do you think his best attribute is as a quarterback? Being a playmaker. He's a he's okay. This might sound like a knock to, on him because of people out there the way they feel about Donovan McNabb, but much like Donovan McNabb, he's not the most accurate passer. He's not the best at this, but he's got a strong arm so he can make plays, and he's a playmaker. He makes plays when plays aren't there to be made. He extends plays. He does things that other quarterbacks can't. He gets out of stuff. He gets out of being sacked. He can roll around. He can throw the ball from one side of the field to the other. He does all the things similar to what McNabb does, but you can almost say, I don't want to say he does them better, 
but he's almost more polished than McNabb was at this stage of his career. Back when McNabb was in his fourth year, he was just running around making things happen and just throwing freaking fireballs because he had such a strong arm. Wentz has, I think, more polish than McNabb does, but they are kind of similar in like what you just asked. What do they do great? They make plays. They make something out of nothing. McNabb never had any weapons. He figured out ways to get them the ball and accentuate their positives. You know, I got Todd Pinkson. He can do one thing. What's that? He can run straight down the field. All right, I'll hit him down the field. Wentz had nothing last year. Zippo. He had nothing. He had nothing. It's it's crazy, though, because I feel I remember a lot more plays where he missed the wide-open short throws. That's what stands out to me even more than any of this. Is, well, you asked wh- me what he did well, not what he didn't do well. No, 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 I know, but I'm just putting it in comparison to those bombs. And we talk about maybe his accuracy when he throws the ball far. I think about all the short ones. Those come to mind way more. When you miss Miles Sanders down the left side or when you miss – Miles Sanders on a wheel route or whatever the case may be, thrown in a little bit behind Zach Ertz. Those are the ones that stand out to me more than the deep throw. So maybe we're a little backwards. Well, you know what, though? It's like it's like the whole Sixer thing. You're going to beat the Bucks one night, and you're going to lose to the Cavs. Right? You're, these things are going to – so you're going to miss the short wheel route sometimes. It's the easy touchdown, but you're going to make the elusive play that nobody else in the league is going to make that ends up in a touchdown that he ducks under a sack. He rolls out. He's got a guy hanging from his you know leg and he throws one into the back of the end zone and boom, there's the touchdown. And you're like, how the heck did he do that? So he might miss the easy one, but he's going to give you the, it's like the, the shortstop who misses the routine ground ball, but he makes the play backhand off of his knee and fires a strike to the first baseman. You're like, the guy hit one right at you, went right through your legs, but you make that play. Why does it seem like, and you might have hit on it with the comparison to Donovan McNabb, but why does it seem like this city can't get behind Carson Wentz? Do you think it's a loud minority, or do you believe that there are truly people out there, and a lot of them, that can't support Carson Wentz and don't believe that he has what it takes? Um, I, I think a lot of it is, is the Foles stuff. I mean, the fact that Foles won the Super Bowl, I think that is something that, resonates with the fans is this guy won a Super Bowl and the other guy hasn't been able to get it done. And, you know, as you can see with the Sixers, we're irrationally impatient. The Sixers have guys who were drafted in the first round because they lost essentially on purpose. So because they lost on purpose, the expectation becomes because we lost on purpose to get you, you now have to deliver me a championship faster. Like, if the Sixers were just bad and ended up with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I don't think we would think they have to win the championship as faster. But because they were bad on purpose, now the expectations are you have to accelerate our championship. But how do you watch Carson Wentz and not see that he is super talented? Because people aren't very smart. You'll find this out very quickly that people are irrational and they're not very bright. But I don't understand how you watch Carson Wentz and watch NFL football and think to yourself, this guy is not good enough to be the Eagles' starting quarterback. I've been having this thought for 15 years. How could people think the way they do and still be fans of a sport? I don't get it. But he eats their own, I guess. 
It blows my mind, Gil. My mind has been way blown many times. Sports Pass brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. That's Matt Black Kia, Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. We're just rolling things off the uh, off the old uh, snide here, right? We're just getting started. we got plenty to do. Miles no diggity, Sanders. No doubt. No diggity. I played that for my girlfriend last night. She said, you're an idiot. <laughs> I would have to agree with but you. But she understood exactly what I did. When you said no doubt, my brain went into no diggity, no doubt. That's what I got. That's what I got. Jason Fitz at three. Miles Sanders has something very interesting to say about Jalen Hurts. You'll hear from the Eagles running back when we come back. Uh, 4.30 tonight, Ask Mike and Broads. Use the hashtag Ask Mike and Broads at Mike Gill Show at Broads81 on Twitter, and uh, you can get your question in. We've been getting a lot of good questions. They've really been... Uh, some good conversation back and forth. We'll use those at 4.30 today. Got the uh, headlines coming up at 3.30. Keith Smith as well at 5.30 tonight. Jason Fitz. We've got a pretty busy show. Some uh, breaking NBA news that uh, we'll get into with Keith Smith. What do we know? Well, it looks like by mid-July, it is possible, or at least the NBA is hopeful, that there will be some basketball being played. And this is per Shams of The Athletic. It says... It's developing, so it's it's breaking as we speak. Orlando's Walt Disney World Resort is on track to win the bid to become the NBA's playing site to resume the 2019-20 season with hope of the games tipping off mid-July. That makes me really happy. I agree. Round and- ball rock. It made me round ball rockish. See, I, I don't know what you're doing with all these terms, but it's going right over my head. This is the name of this, the NBA on NBC thing is Round Ball Rock, John Tesh. Oh, see, I always thought of it as NBA on NBC. That's the theme that they use. It was called Round Ball Rock. Have you seen all these memes of Michael Jordan in yeah. the bus and they have different <laughs> songs that he's dancing to? Somebody yes. did this one the other day. It was great. Uh, yeah, I saw them all. That whole Twitter account. This is the craziness of social media. I mean, someone really dives into that and puts a new song over Michael Jordan dancing on the bus so many times a day. Yeah, I think my favorite one was, um, oh, man, who sings that song? A Thousand Miles. And it's, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the White Chicks song, the, the song from White Chicks. That's the name of the show? No, no, no. You never seen White Chicks? No. Oh, my Lord. It's a movie? Yeah. No, I never saw it. Vanessa okay. Carlson, is that her name? Yes. You're, you're unbelievable. Vanessa Carlson. You're unbelievable. About what? Everything. I don't even know how we work together. Because I don't know white chicks? Yeah, I mean, white chicks is iconic. It's almost like the Titanic. What year was that pulled out? That's a great question. Yeah, the Titanic. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I've never seen the Titanic either. So Me neither. But, Me neither. <laughs> so he's in the back of the bus, and it's Vanessa Carlton's jamming out to that song. And you see him back there doing the air. I don't know what he was listening to. I forget what was actually on at that moment when, you know, they showed that scene. But it is everywhere. It's hilarious. Um, the Jordan, uh, you know, playing whatever air guitar to whatever songs are out there, but that's the round ball rock right there. So there's a possibility the NBA could be targeting. Look, the way I feel now is that everybody is just going to come back. It's just a matter of time. Now it's, they're going to get it done. They're going to figure it out a way. They're going to play. 
That's just the way it is. Whether it's safe or not, I don't think they care anymore. I think they're just saying, we're just going to start going back. We're just going to go back, and whatever happens, happens. If we get the second wave, if something happens, okay, whatever happens. We'll just deal with it at that point. Like that's- Well, I think to an extent you kind of have to go with that mentality because if we're going to wait and 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 wait, when are we going to stop waiting? You know, And if there is a second wave, then we're going to have to definitely – Figure out a way to, to get past that as well. But there's no way you can just keep waiting and keep waiting. No, you can't. you got to get these things off the ground. I mean, look, you can't just say we're going to take an entire year off of not playing. The financial impact, you might never be able to come. Even football. Like, if football missed an entire season, they'd be in some financial trouble. Well, I think you brought this up, though. It's crazy to think they would be in financial trouble. But the fact that they can technically be able to do it, even though they would, it would hurt, but the fact that they have that much money piled up that they could probably get past it is the crazy part. Yeah, they could. I mean, literally, I think the NFL teams could probably, you know, because there has been lockouts. There has been times where they're saying, you're not working, we're locking you out, and they haven't been able to, you know, do anything. But they've never missed games. They, Other than the 84 strike, they haven't missed games. They haven't not played. And even that strike year, they, they use scab players. You know, they use guys, replacement players. So, but... Look, they slowly are going to come back, but I think the NBA is now getting to the point where it's like, look, we can't just keep sitting out here. Everybody else, uh, we just got news today that the ShopRite LPGA, the local event that takes place here in Atlantic County, will be coming back. Now, it was moved at one point from May 26th to the 31st to late, I want to say late June, but I don't remember when it was originally moved. They've now moved the dates into the fall, and that event will now be played September 28th through October 4th here at the Seaview. So you're seeing things say, we're going to play. We're doing this. We're going to play. You just got to go now and say, this is what we're doing. Marcus Saul came out today and said, if we play, we got to go 100%. We got to just go. We can't worry about this, that, and the other. We got to play. So this is the mentality now. I think if you're going to play, but – at this stage of the game, I think everybody's just going to start doing it. There's just been too much pressure. There's been too much talk. There's been too much outcry. And I think the teams and the leagues are now saying, look, everybody's mentality or a lot of people's mentality, not everybody, is we just want to get back and have some feeling of normalcy. So we're going to be there with them. So I think you're going to see all the leagues come back in some way, shape, or form probably sometime in July. And I'm pretty – excited about that i'm not gonna lie i feel we might be a little overwhelmed with how much sports is going to come back at the same time but did you see richard sherman's tweet the other day so it was when it was right around when texas and california both opened up stating that they will allow pro sports to be played in their state starting june 1st and he said it's interesting how once florida opened up and claimed that they will host sports there the other states kind of open their doors as if it's all about the money. Once the other states, Texas and California, realize that the other states will be able to make money off of that, oh, here we go, let's open up the doors. You guys can play sports here too. Well, New York, though, is another one that you – New York has been one of the you know least aggressive places in terms of opening stuff. And even Cuomo came out the other day and said, hey, pro sports, if you want to play – you know, we need to start to do it and get back there and start playing. Now, 
we talked yesterday about Brady going out there and slinging the football. The NFL didn't say anything about it. Like, in other words, they said, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. So you're going to start to see other teams, I think, starting to get together. And what did we talk about yesterday with what Doug Peterson said? We're planning on training camp as if it's going to be pretty normal. I think by the time we get to training camp mid-July time, things are going to be so different and so I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, you know, about, oh, things are never going to be the same and, you know, it's going to be just different. And I said, nah, we as humans, we as Americans, we just go back into normalcy. We fall back into what we know. I don't think life is going to be like people are like, oh, it'll never be the same. Nah, I don't agree with that. Like, this is like, I think we just fall back into our routines. We fall back into what we know. We fall back into if I'm out at a bar and there's a good play on, I'm going to give my friend a high five. That's just the way it's going to be. Like, I'm not going to not – your instincts – it's like so many things in sports. Instincts take over. Instincts take over in life. When you see something that's exciting, your instinct is, yeah, or high five. You're not going to be like, oh, I can't high five you. It's just not the way it's going to be. You have a couple beers in you, you're going to high five the guy next to you. So we're going to – I just feel like three, four months from now, we're going to roll right back into the way that we've done things, whether it's right or wrong. I'm not saying one way or the other. I don't know, but I don't feel like our lives are going to be so different. Now, the way businesses operate and that kind of stuff might be different for a while, but soon enough, that'll just roll right back into, hey, we're only allowed to have 15 tables. Well, now we're allowed to have 20 and 25, and man, now we're back to normal. I don't see this world changing so drastically that five years from now we're still roaming around with masks and we can't sit next to people at games and we're not high-fiving or shaking hands i i just don't see that happening that is very true i see it very similar it's for the next few months or after july right so say july august september october maybe it is a little bit different but eventually we will all get out of that I actually started doing the old fist bump with the boys lately. I went from no handshake, no nothing to do the elbow. Now we're already doing the fist bump. See, that's the transition. Have you brought back the high five or have you tried? Nah, I'm not going high five. See, I'm not a, you went high, high five, like over the shoulder. Yo, bring it up top. Yep. See, it's it's about the dap nowadays. So you go for the side and, and you bring it in and you go for the dap and then you kind of you kind of bring it in from there. So it, it's not up high anymore. It's I, more bet of you, I bet you if you got together with your boys and you're watching a game and you were the one who spearheaded, yo, let's bring back the high five for this game. I bet you they think, yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, it it's funny. When we go to Flyers games and the goal scored and the horn goes up, what do you do? You do look around to the people you don't know next to you. You go double high five up and go one of those. Double high five, you know. There was, uh, when I was in this bowling league, there was this one girl who was king of the double high five. Always the double high five. Now, did you like that? Did you not like that? I mean, I don't want a double high five, but I so, would always say. So you're say, out on the double high five. A double high five, out. But just one high five, pretty cool. You said Flyers game right as the ACDC came on. It was almost perfect. I could see mullets just going nuts. I love mullets. I love mullets. I'm thinking about getting one now, the quarantine mullet. I'm not lying. I like it. Did by the way, did you do did you complete the mission that I gave you today? No, I couldn't. I tried though. I promise you full effort was there. I couldn't get it done. We'll have to explain 
coming up. Plus, you'll hear what Miles Sanders had to say about Jalen Hurts and his role in the Eagles offense when we come back to Sports Bash. Mike and Broads, 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. Six South Jersey's number one sports talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN FM. All right, Mike and Broads, Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN, at Mike Gill Show, at Broads 81. Don't forget the Sports Bash podcast. You can get it on all po- uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, you name it. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can check it out and get the full show now, all four hours. No diggity, no doubt. Don't do that. I liked it. So, one thing, a couple of weeks ago, we did the show together, and you talked about a gentleman in your house that lifted weights with dress pants on, no, jeans and dress shoes. He was back today. Correct. Now, I asked you, I said, I need a picture of this guy pumping iron in your basement with jeans does the dress shoe have a tassel on it? No tassel. Just a regular shoe? Regular shoe. You failed on this photo. But I tried my hardest. And here's the thing. He is here enough where there might be a chance. I Hopefully mean, he's not listening. What do you mean? Just looking right at you as you're like, you could act like you're texting while you snap that photo. I mean. Yeah, but it would be weird if I'm just standing there with where the gym is. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Well, it's weird anyway. He's got jeans and dress shoes on. I well, really, I would have to agree with I that. really wish he had a tassel on that shoe. You know who used to wear a tassel on his shoe? You? Pete Thompson. PT? He loved, He had a great shoe with a tassel. <sighs> I'm almost lost for words. Yeah, he, had, he always, I mean, there's two things in life you need to have. A great shoe and a great do. Ooh, and okay. Peter always has a beautifully coiffed hair it to the side, and a great shoe to go along with it. He had the tassel on his dress shoe. Now, speaking of PT, I went back yesterday and listened specifically for that moment he was snoring. And we have to, and I mean have to, grab that for a cut to you. I mean, Gil, this was hilarious. Oh, you have to hear it again. Okay, can, you, can, you, uh, can somebody get that? Can you send that over to us so we can work yes. on that? I will make sure we get that for today's show and utilize that down the road. I mean, even it might not work for a sound cut, but just replaying it, it's no. you know, so hysterical. You know when we do it? When Pete gives his number one answer, the snoring comes right after it. Well, the more I think about it, 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 there, it wasn't like a legit snore. It was more of an awkward silence with heavy breathing. But the way me and you attack him at the same time, once we realized, PT, what are you doing? Uh, it's just, it's a, I'm laughing by myself sitting in my basement. Like, <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, check out the segment last night on uh, the MGPT Top 5 at 5. It's on our Sports Bash podcast which you can uh, check out now, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm always will throw the Google Podcast in there because I'm very partial to it. Yeah, no one uses that but you. I think you actually might be the only you, The only reason they're still available is because they know Mike Gill uses it. I'm okay with that. If I'm the only one using the platform and they want to keep giving it to me, I'm going to continue to use it because I find it to be far superior. Now, what I want to play right now for you is a little bite here from – one Miles Sanders. He was on NFL Radio Sirius XM, 
and he was asked about how excited he is uh, to have Jalen Hurts as a compliment. That was the way the question was phrased, as a compliment in the offense to Carson Wentz. Super excited. Um, I mean, it's sky's, sky's to the roof uh, on what we can do with this this year with uh, those two and with the other guys that we got on this team. Uh, we're faster and, and got more depth and more more, more explosive and more aggressive, too. That's what I like, too. So I, we're definitely going to be aggressive. I can see us being aggressive this year, the uh, amount of talent that we have. And Jalen's definitely going to be a part of that, I feel like. Okay. The key there that I took from it was we're faster, but we're more aggressive. We're definitely going to be more aggressive, and Jalen is definitely going to be a part of that. Does Miles Sanders know something that we don't know? My first takeaway was the ceiling is the roof is not the proper <laughs> say. I don't think that's what he said, but what he did say was not very um, proper. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of. I, I, but no, I, 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 I heard it too. I, he's like the the ceilings, the roof. What did he? I, hold on. Uh, super yeah, go excited. ahead. Um, I mean, it's skies, skies through the roof. The sky is through <laughs> the roof. That's true. The sky is through the roof. He's not wrong. <laughs> I'll say this: It seems like he didn't want to throw his teammate under the bus. He just gave you your standard answer. What do you think about Jalen Hurts? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for what he's going to be able to bring to the table. The like, he just gave you the generic answer. The beginning of it, he did. The beginning of it, the first, like, 15 seconds, he's like, oh, the sky's through the roof. He's gonna... But then towards the end, he almost talked himself into being excited about it. Like, we got so much more speed, and we're going to be more aggressive. You can expect us to be more aggressive, and Jalen's going to be a part of that. I think that was an overall team thing. Like, we're going to be more aggressive, we're faster. I think that's a, as an offense. But didn't we just hear Doug Peterson yesterday say that it's going to take a little bit of time and they're going to work slow with Jalen Hurts? See, now my brain, when you said it's going to take a little bit of time, I immediately thought of it's going to take time, a whole lot of precious time. It's going to take patience and time. Who's Ooh, this? To do it, to do it, to do it. To do it, to do it, to do it right. I got my mind set on you. Sorry. I have no clue what that is, Gil. Well, I'm not going to explain it to you then. <laughs> Should I know, though? Is this like, how do you not know what that uh, is? George Harrison, it's probably way before your time. I know what it is. I'm just saying, George Harrison, I got my mind set on you. It's a song. Like, imagine if I did this to you. Every time you said something, I'm now going to start rapping Drake no. or singing some future. Or I'm just, like, you wouldn't like that. I'm just giving you an example when I told you that when you will say certain phrases, my brain will immediately go to music lyrics. Well, I think you need to keep that in your brain. Okay, but I'm just showing you the example that it really does work that way. I mean, once That's... once that you figure it out, and I won't do it anymore, but I, I, I have to show you that I just am not going to say, hey, when you say something, my brain incorporates it as music lyrics. Well, I understand now, okay. just so you know. All right, now it's over, unless people out there uh, think that it's a pretty cool gift. I don't think it's a pretty cool gift. I don't know. This is Sports Talk Radio. This is no longer your grunge rock station. Now, did you do that back in the day? Hey, everyone, let's 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 turn the music down, and I'm just going to start singing. Uh, you know what? No. <laughs> Wait, there was this time. <laughs> there was, there was uh, a little, you know, time when I just turned down the stuff and I sang and I said, what part of the song did I actually sing? <laughs> they had to guess. It's like when I did the uh, Merrill Reese voice. 
Oh, uh, that was good. That's a good story. I'm impressed. By the way, Hunter, just for your information, Mike Gill listening to Google Podcasts is not that extreme. In fact, it is the number 29 most downloaded free app that is not a game of on all Androids. Yeah, see, that's where you lost me, the Android thing. I can't stand texting people, and it's green. It's almost as if you're pissing me off on purpose for having a phone like that. My brother will not get an iPhone just because he knows how much it pisses me off to I think, see green. I think what I'm going to do is just send a series of texts that have nothing in it, just a green bubble. Oh, the with green nothing bubble. nothing in them, just blanks. It ruins, blanks. it ruins the group chat, you know? It just ruins it. I'm sorry. Uh, come on, man. Leave Gil alone. That's a classic song. How do you not know it? Well, it's, I mean, George Harrison is, is, you're going back a ways. I mean, that's even before my time. I don't even know who he is. All right, that's a bad job. That's pretty terrible. That's what do you poor. mean? Why would I know who he is? Um, well, hold on. I know a little bit. He's Liverpool, 1943. Uh, I have information for you. He was the lead guitar player for a band called the Beatles. You might Never have heard, heard of him. All right. The Who? No, not the Who. The Beatles. No, no, no. Now, now he's the mixing who? up PT Not Roger bands. Daltrey here. He's mixing up PT bands now. No, I mean, it's been too long since the PT show has been on a Saturday. I don't, can't remember which one is which anymore. Yeah, come on. I mean, George Harrison was in the Beatles, man. Dude, the legend. Legend. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, so... Miles Sanders, I want to play one more clip if I have the chance real quick. This is about him and his role that he sees for himself and when it changed last year. I mean, I think, I believe that's why they drafted me in the first place. Uh, I mean, the switch, really, I mean, it was really just a switch, honestly, that just, you know, turned. Uh, all of a sudden, I was a star running back, and I, I didn't start at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, I didn't look at the opportunity, and I just attacked it. I like it. I took it as the opportunity. I looked at it, and I attacked it. And now he expects to be the main ball carrier this year, which I hope he is, because I really think big things with this offense with him back there. That's encouraging to hear from me. I I think he's going to be something special this year, just as special as the Beatles. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Mike, you. it's an interesting gift, but that's the song you go with, with the word time. That's a poor choice. Well, he said to do it right. What song did you want me to pull out? I mean, he said to do it right, and then I met, I pushed them together.